0: Welcome to Financial and Lifestyle Freedom Podcast. Today we are sharing with you one of our most listened to episodes in this throwback version of the podcast. So I hope that you enjoy. If you do not know Mike, he is the entrepreneur behind three multi-million dollar companies and is the author of Profit First, Clockwork, The Pumpkin Plan, and his newest books, Fix This Next. Mike is a former small business columnist for the Wall Street Journal and regularly travels the globe as an entrepreneurial advocate. Now, if you listen to the podcast regularly, you will know that I am a big fan of Profit First and I am a Profit First certified professional. I discovered Profit First around six years ago and to say that it changed my life and my business is not an over exaggeration. If you have not read the book, I highly recommend that you get a copy. You can pick that up from any bookstore. You can also get it on Audible. Or if you want the PDF download, you can head to uk slash book, And I'll pop the link in the show notes to that. And that will wing its way straight to your inbox. And today I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Mike, author of Profit First.
1: Annette, it's a joy to be here. I'm so happy we were able to pull it off.
0: Me too. Me too, Mike. So, Mike, why don't you start by telling us what inspired you to write Profit First in the first place? I know when I discovered the book, I thought, why has no one written this book before? This is just genius. But where did it come from? What inspired you to write it?
1: okay. Well, it came out of my own, honestly, my own desperation. I needed this solution for myself. So just my backstory is I've been an entrepreneur ever since university. Well, I had some successful businesses. I'm doing air quotes. Because they were successful on the outward parameters, fast revenue. They were acquired by other companies, um, but they were never healthy. They were never profitable. Well, my third iteration of a business, I said to myself, "I guess I just have to build companies quickly. That's how you make money, and it doesn't profit doesn't matter." Well, it was a calamity. I, I destroyed that company, and uh, as a result, I lost my home. I lost major possessions like a car, <laughs> all that stuff. I had to start over. Now, the only thing I didn't lose was my family. They stood by me. I'll never forget, I had to tell my daughter in that moment when when we lost everything that uh, I couldn't even afford to pay for her horseback riding lessons. She went in this group session. and I said, I'm, I'm just sorry. We can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And she went running out of the room. as I I was sobbing, by the way, when I was telling them. I was so ashamed of who I had become, my own ignorance. And she ran, I thought, away from me. But she was actually running to her bedroom to grab her piggy bank. and. She came back to me and she goes, Daddy, since you can't provide for our family anymore, I'll be the provider. Um, And that was...
0: Heartbreaking, I imagine.
1: Yeah. You have your nine-year-old daughter feel compelled to give up her life savings Mm. because of my own idiocy. It's so emblazoned in my mind that I know my final breath on our planet will be that moment. It did plant a seed, though, for me, that there has to be a better way for profitability. So I started investigating it. I discovered... You know the envelope system, Mm -hmm. the pay yourself first method, all these different ideas, and I'm like, why don't I just apply this to business? So I started to translate it. It's now I started that process over 12 years ago. I've had, or maybe it was 12 years ago, 47 consecutive quarters of profit distributions for my business. My businesses, as a result, have grown faster than ever. It was about five six years ago. I said, okay, this is working so well for me. I have to provide to others. I used to write for the Wall Street Journal. I wrote an article there. It became popular. Hundreds, if not thousands of entrepreneurs started emailing me saying, tell me more about the system. And that became the book.
0: Awesome. And I know I picked up the book around about six years ago. It was now my son was six months old at the time, and he will be six in November. So not far off six years ago, as we're recording this, that I picked up the book. And I was in a place where I had a six-figure business, you know, this number that we all hear that people want to get to, but I was taking home such little money from my business for me and my family. It was, yeah, absolutely. And it's the reality for so, so many entrepreneurs that I meet that actually, they've hit some of these numbers. They've got this growth that they've seen. And, you know, it seems exciting on the outside and they can go to a networking event and say, I have a six-figure business or a seven figure business but actually that doesn't matter at all when your take-home is not in alignment with the revenue
1: we grow with nothing to sow. Mm. it is really a dangerous game we're playing and, and it's vanity based so I, I was the same guy if we ran to each other a networking event I'd be like oh just achieved you know 500,000 and if you said 600,000 I'd be like, I need to do 700000 It was this kind of braggadocious number.
0: Yeah. It's ego-driven, isn't
1: it? It really is. It's ego-driven. It's it's Mm comparison-driven. Here's the thing I think, Annette, people don't understand about sales. Turnover. The more you sell, the more responsibility on your organization. Therefore, the more you sell, the more stress. I mean, think about it. If I sell you something, now I'm responsible to deliver on that promise. Well, if I sell to more people, I have more promises to deliver on. And if you're a small business owner, like most of us, I am an integral part of the business. That means more responsibility, more responsibility on my shoulders, which means more stress. It's ironic, but most business owners think they can sell their way out of their problems, that they can sell their way into profitability. But the inverse happens. It puts more burden on them and actually diminishes profit potential. Actually, on a percentage basis, profit even dwindles. That's a real risky position to be in. And we just try to keep on selling our way out of it. And then we go into the ultimate cash flow game, which is I got to make enough money this week to cover bills next week. And it's this week to cover next week. And that that situation is so tenuous. When COVID broke, it revealed the businesses that were not profitable. They had no runway. We have have a little town here. There's 50 stores on our main street and 25 on each side. I think it was about five or six of them. So over 10% went out of business within the first week of the COVID crisis because they had to shut down. Others were just desperate to make sales, trying to sell their way out and going out of business as a result because they were cutting cutting prices, which meant they cut their margin and they weren't profitable in the first place so they're out of business. The irony, and we were talking about this off air, you and I, the irony of Profit First is when we concentrate on profitability, it actually facilitates stability in the organization, which is obvious, financial independence for the owner, which is fantastic, and, Growth. These businesses consistently grow faster than their competition by taking their profit first. And that's that's fantastic.
0: I know that I have seen that in my business without a doubt. Since implementing profit first, not only have I been more profitable, clearly we went from a place where I took very little money out to 18 months later, my husband leaving his full-time Job and us relying on my the money from my business to support our family. So that side was incredible. But not only that, my revenue has grown year on year on year consistently and overperformed what it was doing before. So how can we make profit first work when we are growing a business? Because many people think that. Well, profit first means restricting spending, restricting costs. Therefore, how do I have the money to, and I'm going to use air quotes this time, reinvest into my business?
1: Yeah. And and they do use those terms. I need to reinvest or plow back. Mm -hmm. They say it takes money to make money. We all know that. And that's absolutely not true. It takes innovative thinking to make money. It takes maximizing your serviceability to your clients, caring for them better than they've ever been cared for to make money. Reputation is what makes money. What happens with profit first, the the core fundamentals of this, is when I take in revenue, whatever the dollar amount is, I take a percentage of that money and put it to the profit account, which reduces the amount of money available for operating expenses. And there's other pre-intended uses of the money, owner's compensation, salary, taxes, reducing even further the money available for operating expenses. Which means, not that we have less to spend, we have to be more selective of how we spend that money. We we have over 350,000 businesses doing profit first and they consistently outpace their competitors in growth. Here's the phenomenon that happens. They have less money to spend, therefore they become more selective. Businesses that have every dollar that comes in the business available to spend, they can do pot shots. Ah, you know, everyone else is doing Facebook ads, clearly we need to do Facebook ads. We can just throw something in the wishing well and hope it works. But businesses to take their product first, say, what, what is actually historically working for us? Let's invest our money there because every dollar I put in, I want $2 coming out. So there's no more pot shots. These are very selective decisions. They often also concentrate on their best customers. They start identifying niche communities and saying, I want to become real efficient at doing the same thing over and over again for one specific community, so I have a reputation for excellence, But for me, it's also less burden. I don't have to learn new things. I can use the same tools repeatedly. So they start focusing on efficiency. And businesses that focus on efficiency and effectiveness, which profit first forces, grow faster. So it's funny, but by taking your profit first, I can't say you're guaranteeing faster growth, but it will force you to concentrate, and therefore you'll likely experience faster
0: growth. Yeah, I certainly know that, again, my experience and the experience of my clients in that clearly evaluating the spending and making sure that you are concentrating on areas that are going to maximize returns for you has been really massively key in, as I say, both my growth and my clients' growth. I see it over and over again. I have, you know, very regular conversations with most of my clients weekly or monthly and you know, we discuss, okay, where, where is this spending going? And actually their, their clarity over that is significantly greater than the businesses that don't implement Profit First at all.
1: I equate it to kind of like a French restaurant. Um, I, I don't know how the servings are uh, where you are, but here uh, you can go to a restaurant, like an Italian restaurant, and if the plate's overwhelmed with food, conversely, you go to a French restaurant and they serve like a single pea in the mm-hmm. center of the plate. And that's your entire meal. What's fascinating is the behavioral change. Italian restaurants, like a smorgasbord, how much can you eat and how fast can you? But when you're at the French restaurant, you take a knife and fork out there and you very carefully cut that pea into five slices and you you slowly enjoy the unique flavors. We stretch out the consumption of that food. Well, this is true for any resource. Uh, It's true for money. If we put a lot of money into your bank account and it's all the money you have, the default belief is that's all the money I got to spend and we'll justify the spend. We need that new computer equipment. I got to try those Facebook ads. Maybe it's Instagram. That's where I gotta spend my money. I'm going to try and make that higher. And it's very arbitrary. When we reduce the amount of money, it's like the French meal. It's like, okay, first of all, that's all I'm getting. Okay, let's figure this out. And we start being much more selective in stretching its use. The interesting thing, though, when it comes to money, it's also innovation kicks in the human mind our minds are extremely powerful and innovative thinking is spurred by constraint when we have less to work with the only way to supplement that is through thinking outside the box Mm. so that's another wonderful asset as we restrict operating expenses these businesses often are far more innovative they find ways to get the same marketing benefit with no spend They find ways to partner with others to get exposure as opposed to running those ads. They do these things that are unexpected and different. They find ways to deliver their service more efficiently and more effectively, more innovatively. That's the power of constraint.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, I see this mirrored in my clients as well. I had a client recently who has done a six-figure launch completely organically, zero Facebook ad spend because they were doing exactly that they were thinking differently they were thinking outside the box about how they could target their ideal clients and they successfully managed and as I say sold us on a six-figure launch off the back of that off the back of no ad spend zero Facebook ads whereas usually they would have gone and chucked a ton of money at ads and then as you said that kind of see what sticks approach
1: yeah it happens all the time it's funny just before we hopped on i think i get an email from a reader every 10 or 20 minutes so this came in literally 37 minutes ago he says hi mike i read your first book toilet paper entrepreneur inspired me ultimately to get profit first this past december we've been in business for 10 years and we're never profitable starting this past december which is 7.5 months we've distributed over seventy-five thousand dollars to our profit account not to mention, we have a $35,000 surplus in our owner's compensation, and we've grown more quickly without, and he says, and here's the weird thing, sacrificing anything. Incredible. I love that story. And, and it came in from a guy named uh, Tim G. I don't know his last name of Uber Levin, Uber Levin, Here's what I love about that, that comment of weird, I didn't sacrifice anything. It's not weird. Because what the problem is in sacrifice, it's overspending. Yes. There's a thing called Parkinson's law. The more available something is, the more we consume. We'll go back to food. I love chocolate chip cookies. If you put one cookie in front of me, I'll eat one cookie. If you put a dozen in front of me, I'll eat all dozen. I can't stop myself. I'll eat all dozen. When you put one in front of me, it's not weird that I've only eaten one cookie. The weird thing is I was eating 12 cookies. The, the weird thing is the spend we make. But we don't link that in our head. So he says, it's weird. I didn't have to sacrifice anything. What's weird is the excess. Yeah. But we're blind to the excess because that's the normal portion. 12 cookies, all your money. So we got to make the excess weird, not the sacrifice. And that's what he experienced. He's like, I really didn't lose anything because you won't.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, this is exactly what I have experienced personally with my own business and what I experience with clients all the time. Because people say to me, well, I'm not profitable now. Where is this magic profit going to come from? Like, how is that going to materialize? And it's exactly that. It's because typically, historically, there is a lot of overspending or spending on stuff that people are not monitoring the return on. And they're just kind of setting it and forgetting it and thinking it will work. There are people who sign up for multiple... All social media schedulers and forget that they've signed up for them and all these various things which just roll up into overspending. And if they're not keeping an eye on their numbers or they ha- don't have anyone scrutinizing the numbers with them, then actually this overspending just happens and happens and happens as a result of habit, as a result of spending everything in the bank account.
1: Oh, for sure. We, we fall victim th- or I guess victim is not the right word, but we, we fall into this Parkinson's law all the time. Parkinson's Law, he was a theorist in the 1950s, studied human behavior and said, as a resource expands its availability, we consume more. So if you and I were negotiating a contract and I say, hey, Annette, I'll get you that contract in one week, it'll likely take me a week to get that contract to you because I afforded myself that much time. Mm -hmm. But if you and I, the same people, have the same conversation about the same contract, and I say, I'll get to you in one day, now I've compressed the amount of time, I'll likely get it done in one day. With Profit First, what we're doing is we're reverse engineering the profit. So when people say, I have to be profitable first before I can take my profit, they misunderstand it. If you take your profit first and hide it away, then you've constrained the money, the time was available, and you'll work in within those parameters. If if you want to post a 20% profit in your business, if that's your goal, take 20%. Then you will have less money available to operate the business, and you'll have to discover how to make a 20% profitable business. It's that simple. It's a reverse engineering process.
0: Yeah, completely. And I love that. And I actually love reverse engineering in all areas of business. I think it's an incredible tool for business owners to be able to learn. So, you know, why not apply it to profit at the same time you see applied to, you know, your marketing funnels or those kinds of things. So why not also apply it to the finances as well? Yeah.
1: Start with the result in mind. Like what's the result you want and then how are we going to get there? So declare your profit and we'll figure out the pathway to get there.
0: Yeah. I love it, Mike. I love it. Mike, Thank you so much for coming on to Uncover Wealth Radio. I think you have given some massive gold for our, our listeners. I know that everyone will have loved it. Mike, how can people connect with you more? And uh, where, where are you hanging out online?
1: Thank you. Well, the website is mikemikalowitz.com, but no one can spell mcallowitz, So the shortcut is MikeMotorBike.com. Uh, that was my nickname in high school my G-rated nickname that I can share. The other nicknames were not so friendly. But uh mike If you go there, profit first, there's free chapter downloads. In fact, I've written many small business books. They're all there. Plus uh, the Wall Street Journal articles I used to write, they're posted there. I have my own podcast too called Mike Up in Your Business. It's all you can get go there. Everything's for free, of course.
0: Thanks again for joining us and we will speak soon.
1: Annette, thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Financial and Lifestyle Freedom today. Do remember to subscribe to this podcast and take just a few seconds to leave us a review. It helps other people find us as well and lets them know what you enjoy in the podcast. All the links that we've spoken about are in the description to this episode, as is the link to find out more about us on our website and also book a call with us should you be interested in any of our services. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time.